I'd like to present an idea. Clarity can be thought of as the third derivative of a self-actualization function. Now, before I get any further into this idea of maths and method, I should address first an obvious flaw. Namely, that thinking humanity a concept abstract enough to qualify for the rigor demanded by the formal sciences is precisely the sort of egregious mistake that has led us in the past to conclusions of the sort of Carl Pearson's equation of inferior races. It's a mistake we make when we attempt to correlate the unquantifiable with the unrelated. It's akin to the hocus-pocus of astrologists, the gobbledygook of witch doctors, or the occasional Nobel Prize awarded to an economist. Yet these unsightly follies notwithstanding, it would be remiss of us to wholeheartedly ignore the considerable merit arithmetic operations can offer in other areas of our lives. The insightful words of Viktor Frankl come to mind, enriching us in his description of despair by an equation, D equals S minus M. Despair is suffering without meaning. Or likewise, in the epic tale that gave rise to the dark forest theory, building upon the two axioms and two concepts of cosmic sociology. In this sense, such ideas are confined beyond the realm of certainty or prediction, narrowed exclusively, rather, into a line of thought. But a line, nonetheless, from which one may infer a direction. The individual engaged in the comfort war is similarly confined, unable to think clearly, aware of his or herself and discontent by it, but only for brief moments, consumed by their own insatiable passion, succumbing to an ever-encroaching pervasiveness of cheap comforts, spread thin by a deafening yet unknown challenge. He or she finds redemption in clarity, in pursuing it, even if only for its own sake. They unleash their sense of drive and obsession by leaving it ungratified by prefabricated stimulus, by uncovering, confronting, and thriving off of stress, learning to mold it and experience like they never have or ever could have expected before. After all, this is the crux of finding yourself in a comfort war, the lack of clarity. And in this simple and consistent dedication to a daily reminder lies all the potential in the world. So, let's go ahead and establish this premise, and should you accept it, the mathematical implications. First, let's suppose an aggregated combination of all the skills an individual seeks to self-actualize folded into a single dimension and plotted on a y-axis as it relates to time. What we have as a result is a simple motion graph, position over time. This position, as you can imagine, your position as you relate to self-actualization moving through time, must be uniquely described. Skills, as we're all aware, have distinct limits. This is often portrayed 
with an S-curve, arching both near the upper and lower margins. As you improve at anything, your progress is at first slow, then considerable, and finally curbed again near the boundaries of human potential. But that, of course, isn't the end of the story. Because at the lower limit, with every small improvement, you're several multiples better than your old self. And at the very top, every bloody inch counts. For example, ever since people have been keeping track, the sub-four-minute mile has been broken over 6,000 times by athlete runners. 355 has been broken roughly 1,400 times. 350 has been broken roughly 151 times. And 345 has been broken six times by a total of three men. One could argue whether or not a 340 mile is even possible, but what's undeniable is the closer we've gotten to such a potential limit, the considerably fewer the participants. We see this in every sport. We see it in financial competition. Beat out 90% of the planet and you're left with a net worth of about 85,000 US dollars. But go just 9.99999% further and you're worth 1.5 billion. As we approach the frontier, each step becomes more challenging by several measures, like a mass attempting to approach light speed. Yet the value of each of those minute advancements is conversely significant, each minuscule heading increasingly worthwhile. So this curvature at the limits is eclipsed when judging your self-actualized position in real terms, sort of speak. The value as it is inherently to us. Subjective. Our limits for this premise, therefore, are but infinity and its negative counterpart, the seven heavens and the depths of hell. That means, so far, we've defined f of x, our self-actualization function, a position measured as a cumulative skill of sorts, how you are relative to how you wish to be as you move through time. Let's move on to the next step then and define its first derivative, a velocity, the rate of change in this skill. For this, imagine an idea I would describe as practical exertion or effort. The degree to which you're able to move practically and increase your ability at any given moment, or vice versa, the ability to which you're unable and your ability declines. You can imagine then that this practical exertion is critical to successful progression, and it is how we go about things usually, exploring the best methods to achieve our goals and implementing them. Next, let's derive that. We have an acceleration, our second derivative. You can imagine for this again, perhaps a concept such as implacable discipline or newfound inspiration. It's not necessarily readily available at all times, but you're able to call on it every so often and increase in those moments your efforts past the baseline you've previously established, or vice versa, in its decrepit lacking, it can gnaw at your output, decreasing your rate of gain 
and dragging you into a negative abyss of deterioration. Finally, let's derive it all once more. We have our third derivative, a jerk, a devil indeed. You don't often hear of the third derivative, though it does happen on occasion. The rate of change of g-force, for example. Why, even Nixon, the evil bastard, campaigned on the third derivative to advance his case for a second term in office, announcing that the rate of increase of inflation was decreasing. And what acts here, you might ask, as this primer for ferocious discipline, as the instigator of vicious inspiration, as the dictator of congruent, fervent motivation? What, in so far as personal progress pertains to actualizing one's self, can in such subtle a consistency drive such a maddening pace? Clarity, of course. Clarity in self-discovery and unleashing the will to act on what's been discovered. Clarity in directing your efforts clearly, built upon a stable foundation of regular attention, pursued precisely because it counteracts its equally devastating counterpart at the other polar end, those of comfort, the third derivative of deterioration. That's our premise. Position, velocity, acceleration, jerk. Now, consider the implications. First, understand the enemy you face. Its essence, well-defined by this criterion. Supernormal stimuli, or comfort as I usually refer to it, acts insidiously, unnoticed, weighing upon and tipping the scales further ever so slightly. It degrades us in the only way we would ever allow, subtly undetected, the slowly boiling water encompassing the unsuspecting frog. Comfort by its very nature has relentlessly encroached upon you since birth in this inconspicuous manner. You fail to recognize it as the root cause noting only the symptoms of higher derivatives. Looking to get healthy, rich, win friends and influence people, stupefied by your inability to consciously maintain momentum, riding the waves of ambition only to crash upon the shores of failure. That is the nuance of the third derivative. The influence of comfort could not be more efficient or better targeted as it impairs precisely the faculties needed to detect it, your attentive perception. In this manner, its grasp continuously works to impede and exceed your reach. The deeper you're in its hold, the less capable you are of recognizing it. And as if that's not enough, there's more. Because even should you become briefly aware of it, as you do during rare outbursts of frustration and desperation, comfort awaits you with one final snare. It self-perpetuates and self-enforces by
by instilling strong aversions precisely towards the countermeasures needed to extract yourself out of such a state. Despising hardship and long, calm bouts of reflective thought, you're enforced into a positive feedback loop of deterioration. Second, therein lies the absolute method to counteract its effect and overcome this trial. The perfect weapon in your arsenal. Clarity. Self-pursuit. Giving rise to your attention and desperate, frustrated obsession is the definitively antithetical conspectus to which you can shackle your prioritization. Reliable in needing nothing else but this daily commitment. Subtle and simple enough an idea to hold on to in your darkest hours. Qualifying in and of itself as a guarantor of eventual soaring self-actualized progress, even only in so far as decelerating your aggressions long before you reach a point of actual progression. This is the potential of the third derivative. The pursuit of clarity is, and always will be, the primary struggle of a comfort warrior. And how does this all look mathematically? How does this, in practice, apply both to the individual and to society at large? I would say, if you were to graph it out for an individual currently traversing the gates of hell and not showing any signs of slowing down, four distinct stages emerge. First, we have a deceleration in absolute terms. The consistent pursuit of clarity increases a negatively valued acceleration. The individual is still picking up speed in the wrong direction, still entrenched in supernormal stimuli and poor habits, but at a lesser pace, no longer fundamentally surging towards it. I call this first stage rehabilitation. Second, we reach an eventual point where acceleration is zeroed and then reverses positively. Still, we're headed at full force downward, but our absolute velocity has peaked, now slowing its rate, soon to hit a valley. At this point, the individual can well notice the benefits of the MR and conversely, the influences of comfort. They're well aware of their disgust for it and are regularly able to leverage his or her desperation to extract themselves out of it. But they are still entrenched in their environment, hammered down by too many factors with too great a pull, demanding of them to a maddening effect that still they reset daily, that they see the light, go blind, and be asked to dare expose themselves to sharp, momentarily painful brightness once more. I call the second stage chaos. Third, now velocity has zeroed out as well. And in the meanwhile, acceleration has had a grand old time picking up its pace. This moment is brief, I would say, 
at least for you to contend with existentially. Now, you're within a congruent environment, or, at a point, no longer affected by comfort and the imperative to control Fort's damage. I'll admit that I do not tell of this stage by experience, but by conjecture. I call this third stage focus. Then, hurriedly, comes in the fourth stage, with a positive velocity rapidly increasing and the company too by a rising acceleration. Remember, we've defined this as position in subjective personal value and straightened out the curvature at their edges. I call this fourth stage enlightenment. And at that point, who knows what the fuck happens. The overall mindset for this, making progress by a derivatives, derivatives, derivative, is one where you fundamentally commit yourself to the pursuit of clarity above all else. This is not a path possible for those who seek to advance by maintaining a vision of a finish line. It demands great humility and a willing gratitude. It demands that you stop needing to be recognized as special or great for you to see your life as worthwhile. It demands that beside the occurring results, you find contentment in the effort alone, especially in failure with all that you've got for as long as you have. It's a recklessness truly exclusive to the desperate. And what of a grander scale? What are we dealing with here, this idea? Is it a unified theory? What of a society exponentially expanding when suddenly confronted with a challenge the vast majority of its members will never overcome? What of a conscious species confronted with supernormal stimuli? What do I predict in an unpredictable world using a non-predicting theorem? Well, I'd imagine that at first it decelerates. Comfort, the third derivative at negative value, draws in with its subtle and relentless pull. People are affected by it. Lower attention spans, a subdued willingness to dissent. Maybe overall, Moore's Law begins to slow. Flying cars and self-lacing shoes don't quite arrive as fast as we may have expected. No matter, eh? Still powering forward at an increasing rate. But eventually, acceleration zeroes and reverses, employing its pull on velocity, on blatant progress that has reached a maximum rate and begins itself to slow, just barely at first. Here, maybe, supernormal stimuli is perfectly streamlined. Think of the mood organ in Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Then what? Well, velocity zeroes, reverses, and we drop off a cliff. 
It goes both ways. We're too far in its claws by then. Too late to do anything about it. Perhaps permanently. Not an antibiotic-resistant superbug. Not AI. Not a zombie apocalypse. And probably not a nuclear one. Not global warming. Not even overpopulation. But a subtle, long-gone unnoticed, grand deterioration. The time to act is now. That is the conclusion we'll reach once it's too late and we've looked back. In our day and age, still, we do have choice. Sort yourself out, warrior. A great challenge lies ahead. Thank you for listening.